forever. Dog! Hello, Anna. Hello, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to to Tell on the Pod. pod. It's a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, um, and two friends who do comedy um, for part of a career. Um, <laughs> part of a hobby, and yeah, and we're we're good dear friends who love to be scared. And yeah, we love to be scared, but also we dread being scared. So we're here with you to work through these things together and have a good time while we do it. Yes, um, and we are especially united in love by the uh, books trilogy. This is my first time ever saying a sentence. So bear with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we both are united in love by. <laughs> The trilogies of book called uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which uh, maybe if you were born, uh, you would have heard of it. It's yeah. uh, by... And if you were never born, watch out because something's wrong. You're in heaven and you're a ghost. <laughs> um, <laughs> before you're born, you're a ghost. After you die, you're an angel. That's just the rules. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's it's stories collected by Alvin Schwartz with the drawings by Stephen Gamel and we worship and we bow. And, yes, um, oh, deeply. And today's a Monday. It which is a means Monday. That today we read a story uh, from one of the books. Isn't that exciting? It's hugely exciting, and especially exciting, Anna, because it's your turn, and all I it's have to my do turn. is damn listen. Well, everyone, get ready to be absolutely terrified because today I'm reading one of the stories that is so scary that anytime I think about it, I throw up. <gasps> anytime I turn the lights off at night, I gasp um, when I see a skeleton, like even if it's just a decorative skeleton, I cry because I th- it, that scariness makes me think about this story. Oh, my God. It's one of the things where if you have like a heart condition or something, you shouldn't listen to the story Oh, because it's so scary. If you have to poop soon, you should do it now <laughs> because the yeah, story no. the story is going to work it out. Okay. I'll okay. wait. I'll wait for you to poop. I just did. Okay, thank you. Today's story is called The Slithery D. <gasps> <laughs> All right, here we go, baby. If you have a kid, put them in a dry bathtub and lock the door and then come back. <laughs> I assume that's the safest place to leave a child. Okay, The Slithery D. The Slithery D. He came out of the sea. He ate all the others, but he didn't eat me. The Slithery D, he came out of the sea. He ate all the others, but he didn't eat Slith... And that's the straight up end, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, it does say slurp at the end, but then I realized it's S-L hyphen U hyphen R hyphen P dot dot dot. So no R, slup. Oh, I'm sorry. There's an R in there. Okay. <laughs> it's not slup. I was going to say, what regionalism is that? I've actually made slup before. It's very, it's like a lot of chopping, which is annoying. 
Yeah. It's essentially a cold bread sauce. Yeah. It, it's better. <laughs> if you get someone who really knows how to make it, then it's really good. But if you don't, then it's bad. Um, okay. So the Slithery D, uh, it also is accompanied by drawings. Yes. Next to each um, sort of couplet. So the first one, we've got three main characters or one main character and then two sort of like a Legolas Aragon Boromir and then in one and then the other one is like a Gimli and the Hobbits. So um, and then there's one that's like Frodo. So it's like it's three figures who are standing on the edge of a cliff looking into a body of water and Mm -hmm. there's three little birds over them. Uh, The main character, the Frodo of this story is like a little naked alien devil man. Yes. So you see the back of him and he's got this very, very shockingly round head, very basketball like. Mm. Um, He looks like he's maybe a little under three feet tall. He's got a man body. Pretty normal. Honestly, for like a Stephen Gamble body, this is very straightforward. Um, It is a very straightforward body. You're right. And he's got a little butt. And out of the butt, really, really like in the middle of the butt comes a little devil tail. Mm -hmm. Surprise. Um, Surprise. I, and he's bald as the day. And <laughs> he's sort of leaning forward a little bit off his center of gravity. Um, mm-hmm. He's standing kind of how I stand. I really, I stick out my butt. I oh, sit God. on my lower back, as acting teachers have told me, um, <laughs> which is shameful. So he's looking out. And then next to him is like a little bison sort of guy. Uh-huh. Um, with like a yeah, real short body. Yeah, the bison is always a twist for me. Because it makes it, it kind of makes it seem like American Southwest, but then yeah. we're talking about the sea, you know? Yeah, and Slithery D, it's, just to be clear, it's not the letter D, it's D-E-E. Correct. <laughs> so this is... Important, uh, important delineation. Please don't be disgusting. This is, above all else, an educational Guys, podcast. Guys, we have told you again and again not to be disgusting, and you know what? It, I got it, nothing. There's no follow-up to that. I'm we so don't, sorry. And you know what? You know what? You know the word what? Um, so next, so yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like very sort of um, Gaelic, Celtic, sort of British folklore, mm-hmm. as a lot of these stories are. But then we've got a bison, which plants it sort of in America. Weirdly, it's it's sort of a common um, place that these stories end up. Yeah, um, I could definitely see these hanging in your cool friend's mom's home. Like, she's just gotten divorced. Yeah. She's got a lot of kind of New Mexico patterns. She's being Um, weird. Yeah. She went to a flea market in a parking lot and, like, saw these and was like, that's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And she was like, Dan would have hated this. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, way too small for the wall that they're on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But she saw, like, an architectural digest where someone did something like that, like Angelica Houston or something, and she's getting really hard into it. Yeah, she didn't follow what Angelica Houston did, but she just did it and then saw the video <laughs> after and then decided not to change it. That's yeah. And then next to Buffalo guy is sort of a standing Buffalo guy with a tail, like a longer tail. Or I guess Another it's not twist. really, it's hard to tell if it's a tail or not, but he's standing mm-hmm. um, and he's a little bit more potato shaped. Yeah, he's been eating well. He's He's been eating very well. Um, he seems like sort of he has like maybe a white collar job. Um, in this sort of where the wild things are world. Yeah. He seems like a, a regional manager. <laughs> That's the energy he's bringing. He looks like he's doing a bad job barbecuing at a company picnic. That's sort of his attitude with his stance. <laughs> um, and then, so that's the first panel. That's next to the slithery day he came out of the sea. 
Um, so this is sort of, I mean, it's hard not to, I, I, we're all taking a break from COVID stuff, but it is hard not to draw a parallel. So this is the before. The first panel, they're standing there calmly. They're not prepared. The second panel, right. he ate all the others, but he didn't eat me. The two, the the buff, the bison and the sort of potato man, they're gone. And there's a little bit of like debris hanging in the air where they were standing. As though we caught it like mid-munch. Like it, it, the slithery D just was there. The snarp just happened. The slithery <laughs> D is below the cliff. Um, but the only thing remaining really in the air is a tail. Oh, God. Which is scary. And the birds that are, were in the top left corner have now advanced to sort of the center of the frame. That's right. It's either these birds are really big and far away or the slithery D is fast. Whoa, I never considered the I never considered the vanishing point of this um picture Anna. Yeah, uh, Jason is taking a um perspective drawing class cuz he artist and I just learned the term vanishing point. Um, oh. So I was about to sort of nod and pretend to know what it meant. That's the only thing I I went to a, a magnet school for the arts in middle school and high school and in sixth grade I was a visual arts major That's and that right. really is the only thing I absorbed from that from that class. Amazingly talented students, really great teachers. I was just out of my depth, like I just wanted to draw werewolves, but I do remember <laughs> Vanishing Point. You didn't want to involve a protractor. You were like, when no. do we learn how to draw ear fuzz better? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, my poor teacher, Miss Henderson, we had this uh, project where she was like, I want you to make a creative color wheel. And I just drew a werewolf and each of its teeth were different colors on the color wheel. And then she truly took me aside after class and she was like, I understand that people have subject passions, but I really need you to step it up. <laughs> oh, my God. You were talking to because of how much you loved werewolves. I know. At an trouble. art school. At an art school. And then I promptly switched into theater where ostensibly I was hoping I could play a werewolf at some point. Drawing a werewolf would have been the most productive thing you could have done in that setting. Oh, they my God. They would have been hugely. like, thank you so much for helping out. <laughs> oh, my God. Drawing a werewolf. That's good. Andrew, that was like the closest you got to being a rebel. I think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One time also in that, I, I was so unhappy in that class because I wasn't as, I just was worse at this than everybody else. And it wasn't even a matter of working hard because I didn't love it as much as everybody else. My other rebel moment that I had is one time I was like, I just got to get out of going to that class. And I had some extra Halloween makeup in my bag and um, I pretended to throw up and then I put a little bit of kind of like bruisey colors under my eyes so that it looked like I was dehydrated. (laughs) And I got out of class. Wait a minute. You pretended to throw up? Yeah, I pretended to throw up. In front of people? No, 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 no. I just was like, I was like, I have to go to the bathroom right now. I ran into the bathroom. I applied some sort of um, blues and greens and maybe a little bit of a yellow just to give it a sick look. And then I came back in. I mean, probably Miss Henderson was like, what the? This kid just put a bunch of fucking makeup on his face. He's like, I don't watch Drag Race, but like, what's a term for like a weird drag queen who does like (laughs) kooky colors? (laughs) That's you. Yeah. Ill drag. Yes. You see (laughs) it. We're born naked and the rest is getting sick. <laughs> oh, my God. That's true. That's wow. so sweet. Chew oh, on that, man. RuPaul. You should have gone to the bathroom and drawn old man makeup and then come back. I like, threw up my <laughs> life. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. That thing. Sixth grade was a hard time. Sixth grade is bad. If you know a sixth grader, just tell them they're they're doing okay. They're going to be okay. Yeah. it's. I mean, there's no worse time. I, I will say I think I peaked in sixth grade and then was sort of downhill really? until age 22 and then oh okay but in on long island sixth grade you're still in, in elementary school right yes yes, yes oh yes. see see i sixth grade is the beginning of middle school in florida and it's right. just too it's too soon to be with eighth graders at that point no like uh i remember there was this really cool girl who now um travels the world on instagram as her job and i was like trying to catch up with like what the cool thing was and, um, and you know, at the beginning of the year, everyone was wearing Abercrombie and Fitch. For Christmas, I was like, I, I just need something from Abercrombie and Fitch, please. Yeah. My mom got me a shirt. It said Abercrombie and Fitch. First day back, spring semester, I go in and very cool girl goes, ugh, I'm anti-Crombie and Fitch. And I was like, well, fuck. Like, I just don't know what to do anymore. No, she needs to make up her mind about what country she lives in. <laughs> I'm and oh, that's you know, it's all we're all just trying. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to deal with that at twelve. I was like, Jesus, Andy. Oh, the moving target is hard. Yeah, wow. I just said, and then I just gave up, and I I don't think I ever tried again in terms of brands. I think I think I saw through the I saw behind the curtain, you know. Yeah. Oh man, of course. Well, the 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 vanishing point moved. <laughs> it sure which did. Brings us back to the slithery D. Masterfully done, Anna. We're halfway through. Yep. So there he came out of the sea the second time. This is the redux. We're sort of back at a, a fake normal. Yeah. Um, it's just him standing by himself. And now his hand's on his hip. Um, he doesn't care. In the in the in the um panel before he's like halfway between arm at side and arm on hip, hand on hip. Mm. And now his hand's on the hip. He is the most cocky he's ever been. Defiant. The birds are now sort of over his head. Oh, yeah. Which is scary. Um, And his shadow, it's just him and his shadow, really, and the birds. Um, And then after this, I've dated a lot of this version of person. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, well, the bisons are gone. (laughs) And I'm fine. Everything's fine. Where do you like to go? Like, what? This is the unfair thing about being a straight woman in theater because your options for straight men in theater typically are um, – and this is a vast generalization. But people have a hard time expressing themselves uh-huh. um, and people who are awesome at stage fighting. <laughs> Honestly, the – the 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 single straight men in most theater programs, or the straight men in most theater programs, are accurately summed up by the three guys in this panel. It, it's true. It's I, I'm, sh- I'm shocked we're not seeing a bro- one of them is not holding a broadsword. Ye- oh my god! Well, look the the bison and the potato guy are both spiritually holding broadswords. <laughs> um the 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 bald guy is sort of like the one who dances Billie Jean at the cast parties. Yeah, and like. Um, is very sexually active, but like, you know, still isn't allowed to drive or something. And then yeah, like, like you, you figure out that he like used to date a 45 year old woman and you're like, <laughs> wow, you know, like, yeah. how did that he, happen? Amazing. His claims to importance are that he spent a summer in France and he's uncircumcised and that's like <laughs> all he needs to do to be interesting. Um, yeah, and, he and wears, frankly, 
Uh, I still feel that way. Plenty. Honestly, yeah. It, he's got some square glasses, which is a first. <laughs> the bison is a techie, and the um, mm-hmm. the potato guy is stage combat. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is it. Those are the three food groups yeah. in, in straight male theater world. Yes. And the birds are commuter students, so it's hard. They don't, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It's like they're they're probably so much fun and so great, but you just can't invest that much time because they're, they go back to Connecticut every night. It's hard. You got to go to you got to go to Grand Central. Um, <laughs> and uh, OK. And then the last panel, he ate all the others, but he didn't eat M dash capital S capital L dash capital U dash capital R dash capital P space period space period space period he didn't eat slurp yeah um he he is off the cliff there's a cloud of debris where he was standing and his tail is visible just over the cliff he's being yanked downwards Mm -hmm. the birds are exiting frame because they're startled they're startled why that's interesting that you interpret it that way oh really you think they're fleeing I thought that they were just going about their their way about their day Oh, see, I I actually prefer that take. As though this happens every day by the sea. The slithery D eats whoever's standing there. It's a sadder version of it for sure. It's a lot mm-hmm. more um, sort of Ayn Rand. Like if you got eaten by the slithery D, that's just because you're a bad worker. I shouldn't have to be wow. worried. I'm also realizing, Anna, Alvin Schwartz was like, rule of threes? I don't think so. You know, like we just go one verse straight into the final verse of whatever this rhyme is. Yeah. So so I looked it up. So the Slithery D is originally written by none other than uh, Shel Silverstein, who was another important figure in the world of children's books in the 80s and 90s. Um, Yeah, he wrote the Slithery D and it was originally a little bit longer. Okay. Um, but uh, it, the version, uh, so the Smothers Brothers recorded a <laughs> um, Slithery D song that oh is available God. for listen to on Spotify. Great. Okay. Oh, the Slithery D, he crawled out of the sea. He may catch all the others, but he won't catch me. No, you won't catch me, you stupid old slithery D. You may catch all the others, but you... It's really wild. Um, so that's from like the 60s. It's 64 is the album. Uh-huh. Uh, this Mother's Brothers and Shel Silverstein wrote it in the 62. But they just recorded the two uh, lines that are in the Alvin Schwartz Um Books, which is not, this is not a case of plagiarism. Calm down. I see with your torches and your pitchforks. You're all excited like you're about to um, uh, Alvin Schwartz's over party, but we're not doing that because Alvin Schwartz is a collector of folklore. That's true. Um, Uh, How wild. How wild is it to think that the Smothers Brothers, Shel Silverstein, and Alvin Schwartz all coexisted and maybe were aware of each other? Like, that's stunning to me. Yeah. So... Oops. Where's that midnight in Paris? I know. Um, oh, so this, the Shell Silverstein version is the Slithergady. The Slithergady? Yes, but it's called the Slithery D. <gasps> Wait, the Wait. title of it is the Slithery D, but w- within within the poem itself, it's called the Slithergady? It's a lot. Um wow. 
yet. I don't believe what they say when they say that this our marijuana is more powerful than the marijuana back then because there's a lot of. <laughs> OK, OK, so hold on, hold on, everyone, everyone calm down. I figured it out. Great. Uh, so Shell did two versions of the poem. The first is called Slither Goody. Or sorry, it's the first is called Not Me. And it goes, the okay. Slither Goody has crawled out of the sea. He may catch all the others, but he won't catch me. No, you won't catch me, old Slither Goody. You may catch all the others, but you won't. Oh, okay. Um, I like so. how that's a direct address to the Slithery D. Defi- it like is. defying the, sl- the, oh, the slither goody i know it's also much more shell silverstein like it's more like binky bouncy bonky all over the place yeah. um but then there's a longer version oh the slithery d he lives in the sea he saw all the others but he didn't see me so the first stanza we're just seeing we're just being okay. seen um but he he wasn't seen and he's feeling very cocky then it's the slithery d he came out of the sea uh, he chased all the others but he didn't chase me Active. Okay. Stakes have been risen. Yes. The slithery D, I hid in a tree. (gasps) He caught all the others, but he couldn't catch me. Wow. Okay. So we've had a near scrape. We're in a tree. We're feeling good about ourselves. Mm -hmm. The slithery D, he went back to the sea. He ate all the others, but he didn't eat me. Okay. We're feeling cocky. False Uh ending. We're back to cocky. Yes. The slithery D, oh, where can he be? He ate all the others, but he'll never eat, dash, 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 parentheses, abrupt stop and a strange noise, close parentheses. Uh, okay. Yeah. So this is a superior version. This is more complex. I Yeah. I, I'm into it more uh, than I am the other, and I hope that's okay with everyone. I like, <laughs> I like a build. I like a slow build. I like the sort of cockiness. Um, right, we see we see growth and diminishing of the character. Yeah, know? there's a tree involved. I like the tree personally. I mean, I love the birds. Don't get me wrong about whether or not I like the birds. I like the birds. <laughs> um, and there's also uh, a lot of different recordings of this. There's a like a Party City um, sto- scary story CD <laughs> that has what? a recording uh, by a woman reading it, which is kind of nice. And she does a really good slurp sound. I thought oh, wow. her read was good, but I thought her slurp sound was incredible. There's also a really scary um, like death metal song. Um, uh, like a like a legit one? Yeah. We'll, we'll post that up too. It's okay. by a band called I Speak in Calculus. I mean, classic death metal name. Classic. <laughs> Yeah, they've got 11 monthly listeners on Spotify. Okay. And this is for them. Honestly, look, we're all on the same damn planet. I mean, think of how many shows we performed that were for 11 people. That were like, there's more people in the audience than there are on stage. Feeling good. Yeah, I'm proud to say that Andrew and I have both performed in dorm room sort of backup cafeterias where there were more people on stage than in the audience. People, um, yeah, three people sitting in the audience desperately trying to study 
Yeah. As as we're like, can we get a word? People sort of <laughs> frowning with an open textbook on their lap. That's that's the kind of audience you want. That's the best. And there's like a moment that you look out and you see that their book is like astrophysics and you're like, I wonder what it would be like to cultivate a real <laughs> skill. <laughs> oh my God. The amount of college shows I've done just as a grown up too, where people are like, you're on stage and they walk into the multi-purpose room with all their books and then they look around, realize a show is happening and then they look sad and then leave. Uh, it's hard. I know that feeling. so well. um, um, But so let's talk about this story. I mean, there's not a lot there, but I feel like we found some stuff. Oh, what do we think is scary about it? Okay. I mean, um, confidence at your own uh, invulnerability swiftly followed up by being consumed by a monster very scary yeah thinking you're too good for consequences Mm -hmm. that's like a classic reason people get killed in ghost stories oh constantly the like what what are you even worried about there's nothing to worry about um yeah i have to say this this the vibe of this story reminds me very much of the 1990 something movie tremors do you know that one oh yes i do something about um a lot of machismo combined with a thing coming from below you and snatching you up and then sucking you down. Wow. Uh, very scary. Should we watch Tremors? I love it. I just watched it on uh, Wednesday, but I'll oh, watch good. it again. I know. In our last episode, I said that I thought I saw it at a drive-in when I I did remember that I watched it at my cousin's house for his birthday on the day that Pope John Paul II died. Um, (laughs) That is what we turned off to then look at the coverage of the Pope being dead. Anna, you mentioning it put me in the frame of thought to look for it and it's on Netflix. It's very fun. It's a very fun monster movie. Oh my God, that's good. And Kevin Bacon is in that? Kevin Bacon's in it. Which Um, I have to say, we have a mid-roll ad about... um, the um last degree of kevin bacon which is a, yes. a podcast you can find on spotify jason and i listened to it we couldn't stop laughing oh i can't wait to hear it it's uh josh rubin right he directed it i think oh uh, that's um, amazing i forget he wrote it but uh he's a good good person uh so good um but <laughs> i truly i heartily recommend beyond even the ad wow um, but it's very funny and kevin bacon is in it it's just great also, you know who's in Tremors, which I, I, I never forgot, but I think it's worth repeating. Reba McIntyre. <laughs> wow. Yes. She plays the, the gun nuts wife. Oh, my God. And she sings the closing theme song. There's a theme song for Tremors sung by uh, Reba McIntyre. I shouldn't say theme song. It's like a it's a it's a credits. The, it's a credits roll song. OK, so it's not her going. Ooh, Tremors was a little girl. <laughs> Wait, wait, a Reba McIntyre song about like from the perspective of a tremor um, in the style of the song Fancy is my dream. And if anyone can make that happen, I would be very appreciative. <laughs> it's just one dancing shoe. Because she's a tremor. Tremors, you better eat up all them people. Because <laughs> we're poor. <laughs> my daddy was a tremor. He had nothing to his name. <laughs> Daddy was a tremor is uh, also to any aspiring country musicians. Please feel free to utilize. Please. Mama was a Reba McIntyre. Daddy was a tremor. (laughs) Um, What's scary about this to you, Anna? um, Yeah, definitely what you're talking about with the the cockiness. um, Because I'm someone who's been terrified of consequences since I was a baby. Like I'm a pretty hesitant person. But I also hate rules. 
and I'm mm. constantly trying to like flout them to be like, I don't need to do that basic thing. <laughs> um, so I definitely see myself in the, um, I guess the main guy doesn't have a name. His name isn't Slithery D, but I see myself in alien butt guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm like, I don't need to fill out this form. And then I get a, a letter that's like, you owe us $10,000 for not paying your employees. I'm like, oh, I don't have employees. I should have filled out that form. <laughs> yeah. So in that way, I very much have been eaten by a slithery D before. And I, I get it. Oh, man. Haven't we all? Yeah. Like not wanting to uh, admit there's something big and dangerous coming just because you haven't been killed by it yet. Yeah, I remember a major association I have with the story is I used to bring these books to kindergarten um, and and like it was right around the time that that like we were all beginning to read. And these are pretty like the Slithery D was something that you would gravitate towards to read out loud because yes. there were fewer words. Um, and I remember there was a kid in my class who it was just very first thought and like kind of playing into what we were talking about earlier, as soon as the term slithery D was put out there, um, he was like, Oh, this, this is about penises. And I just remember being like, come on, man. Like there's Dude. nothing dramaturgically. There's nothing to even support that within here. Like no. a penis eating a bunch of people. Like, I don't know where you're going. I just remember even at such a young age being like, you need to pick, you need to pick what you make fun of more carefully because Do right now better. you're struggling. You're struggling and everyone can see. And honestly, you can take that shit right back to preschool because this is kindergarten. <laughs> Grow up. B5. Don't be four. B5. <laughs> what are you, Listen, four? just B5. I don't know what to tell you. Figure your ass out before you come to kindergarten, baby. This is PM. This is PM kindergarten, bitch. It's not AM. We're not babies. We drink coffee. <laughs> Um, um that's scary i also just like this world that the illustration set up is very spooky it's like lonely and there's aliens but also mammals which i feel like is not a common sort of cross yeah. section it's a very salad fingers um universe it you really it oh my god look so if these books are important to you growing up salad fingers was important to you in college yeah, Salad Fingers was your home star runner if these were your cat in the hat, you know? It was. For anyone who doesn't know, Salad Fingers was a scary sort of early internet, um, like post-apocalyptic dystopian um, horror, like weird core comic or yeah. uh, cartoon online that was yeah, released. Yeah, like Flash, Flash Animation, I think. Yeah, like, yes. Um, about a, a sort of ghoulish humanoid being who would just say creepy things direct addressed to camera and the world was populated by other horrible things. I think a lot of people like guess that it was like a post-apocalyptic, like post-nuclear society. Um, yeah. They're like were houses in the desert. It was a little bit in the same emotional world as courage, the cowardly dog. Yes, there's, there's a lot was. of fear there. It's like American decline. Um, or I guess salad figures is British, but right. Um, yeah, like he runs his finger along a, a rusty nail and says, I like it when the red water comes out. And mm -hmm. that is sort of, uh, that's sort of just something that we all loved. Yeah, he ru he rubs like nettles on his nipples. It, it, there's just a oh, lot. That's right. There's yeah. a lot to unpack. It's going for a reaction and I got to say it got it. Mm-hmm. Boy, um, did it ever. We were, yes, we were moths to the flame. We were. Um, 
yeah, it's got that sort of lonely, dystopian, spooky world where it's like, oh, yeah, we have a cliff and an ocean in our world. And then you see those three things. And that's scary. Oh, Ladybird oh. Bork. Wow. That sounded like Ladybird was deep down a cavern spelunking. She is. And she's was just shouting of, that she had discovered something. <laughs> she's down at the bottom of the stairs and she just, I like leaned back a little bit and saw that she was glaring at me from across the room. Um, and she had to say bark. She wants everyone to know that bark. Um, but I also, I think part of the scary thing is that we never see the Slytherin D. So it's like, what does it look like? Yeah. What do you think it looks like, Anna? Um, I think I'm picturing a pretty standard issue sea snake, like a very dark um, sea snake. Oh, yeah. Where its head is sort of the same. There's not a whole lot of neck or jaw. It's just the the head and face and mouth come out of the body. I oh. Honestly, I'm picturing a sandworm from Tremors. Oh, yeah. Yep. Makes what a lot of picture? sense. Um, okay, I picture, I, maybe I've mentioned this before, but in my fourth grade classroom, my teacher had a book of scary stories and one of them was called Water, Water Everywhere um, yeah. about kids swimming in a watering hole and the water was killing them. Like they couldn't see it, but it was like the water was moving around and sucking them underwater and then like oh. it would kill you in the bathtub or like come out of your sink. And I think I imagined sort of um, a deep sea, entirely clear gelatinous thing kind of like a blob that can like swoop up and get you from the ocean i don't like that yeah i don't like having that image in my head either but take it up with fourth grade andrew and his book selection (laughs) oh i don't like a clear monster yeah oh it was bad there was also another scary story in that collection that wasn't even a scary story it was about a kid who got in a plane crash in the desert and his and his whole family died and he was just dying in the desert, and then he realized that the plane crash was his fault. <laughs> and I just remember being like, Jesus. And that story was called Just Deserts. Oh, I get it. Like, yeah. like dessert. It, correct. He doesn't get to have dessert because he is bad. From but to a 10-year-old who didn't understand that term, I was just like, what a weird title for this. <laughs> just de- just Deserts. It's like one desert. <laughs> Uh, Who would we cast? Oh, my God. I love this. This is just one of those really fun. This is sort of like New Year's Eve. Like we can just cast a lot of really fun people. Yes. Uh, We want to get everyone in there. In terms of the Slithery D, maybe sort of like a Christopher Lee hologram. Like if he's a veil. Oh, fun. I don't know what his hologram is up to these days. But if we can get him, it would be really fun. Yep. What do you think? Uh, I think that's a great choice for the Slithery D. I don't know why. I imagine the film version of this would be musical. And I imagine the little alien um, with the weird butt tail is Elton John. Okay, and, good. And that this is sort of like, like, I can just hear how he would sing the Slithery D came out of the sea. Um, and I think like, like really sort of, you know, sort of chewing on those longer moments of how happy he is that they ate all the, that the, the Slithery D ate all the others, but not himself. Um, Whoa, that's really good. Yeah. I'm going to go with Elton for, for our protagonist. I love that. I could also see, uh, I also thought this song was, this story was a song. It, it feels, and that's what like the Smothers Brothers, like hearing these adaptations makes a ton of sense to me. Like, oh yeah, this feels like a fun folk song that you'd sing to kids. Yeah. Which this book does have a decent amount of sheet music. 
Yeah, which surprised that this one doesn't have any sheet music. It doesn't. Um, it's implied. Mm-hmm. Um, I also could see like a Sam Rockwell. Oh, very fun. As the the Slither D sort of um cocky guy. Yep. Um Yeah, I also honestly I think this would be really good for a chance to rapper. <gasps> wow. Oh, Anna, you just opened up a whole world. Yeah, he I, I, it just like the the sort of sweet um like just a little bit of cockiness mm-hmm. but mostly like i'm fine i'm gonna eat i could hear him saying slithery d pretty easily this is so crazy anna that you brought this up because i'm also realizing in my head when i read it as a kid i think i would sort of read it in what my like white kid in new hampshire idea <laughs> of hip-hop was <laughs> like this is about as much hip-hop stimulus as i was going to get in the lakes region you um, were like um a current high school theater department doing like a YouTube video of them lip syncing to Hamilton. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was that, your this, version. This was my version. <laughs> um, oh, good. Oh, Al- Andrew, release an album, please. Uh, people have been begging, and I, this might be the time. It might be. If I can put some pants on, then maybe I'll make an album. <laughs> oh, that's a big if. <laughs> that's a huge if. I don't even remember. I put on some shorts and some sweatpants, but jeans? <laughs> no. I put on jeans the other day just to, like, feel the feet under my ground. Um, <laughs> buttons are... I'm mad at buttons. We don't need to talk about zippers. I have this fear that I'm going to go put on my jeans, and it's not even that they, they will be, like, too tight. It's just, like, they won't even work on my body. Like, oh, it yeah. will be as though I no longer have a body for clothes. <laughs> There's no more lines on my body. It's just, like, <laughs> mounds and circles. Yeah, it's just, like, a gradient <laughs> of color that <laughs> that gradually becomes whatever surface it's on top I of. I don't even have skin. It's just, like, it's blurry at the edges. <laughs> Like the distance between me and the outside world is really sort of brackish. Um, wow. Yeah, that's going to be good. Uh, who are we getting as these, like the bison? And I, I'm seeing like maybe a Jonathan Reese Davies if he's a Vale. Yeah, um, I loved, I was, I was very inspired by your Lord of the Rings casting because Elijah Wood was another choice for me. Oh, uh, yeah, for, for the main guy. Character. Yeah, that's good. Um, um, but I also, I could see like a, um, an Idris Elba, I know oh, we yeah. cast him to death, but I think he'd be good sort of, uh, just having seen him be, be McCavity, I can see him now playing someone with fur. I think that's important. Yeah. And you know, he's down once, once you play McCavity, once you look that naked on screen in fur, <laughs> you gotta know anything goes naked and fur. Um, <laughs> my God, we love. Um, and this this world has no women in it. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, this is a strictly male world, unfortunately. Yeah. Which we, um, we a, a, a A different version of it, it, again, kind of in that Salad Fingers world, a different version of it would have, um, I also we cast her to death, but Tilda Swinton as the Slithery D to sort of, yeah. sort of shake up this world. I like um, that. I like that she is a Slithery D and maybe also she voices sort of the the guy like yeah. it's at the end it reveals that it wasn't the guy who was talking it's her sort of repeating it to herself while laughing oh interesting yeah i'm a, i'm a real fucked up like that yeah the slithery d ate all the others but he didn't eat me because i am the slithery d wow you know? yeah that's the twist the story <laughs> the be- this story has a twist it begs for another twist <laughs> oh that's good andrew thank you so much 
love um, that. Yeah, I like that casting a lot. Oh, another just someone who also feels like, or a couple that I feel like exist in this world are um, Flight of the Concords. Jermaine yeah, Clement that's good. And Brett, um, I don't, I forget his last name. Um, but yeah, they feel like they could be the the buffalo and the stand up buffalo. Definitely, I know. Yeah, this story needs some sort of Kiwi accents. I think that would help. And it's all coming yeah. back to New Zealand ultimately. You know, it's all coming back to New Zealand ultimately. And we could You're shoot right. it there. We could shoot it there. <laughs> That'd be nice. Wow. If Anna and I did cocaine, we would really think that we were making this movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Although I wonder, I wonder what we would be like on cocaine. I think we'd either turn into the worst kind of monster or just sort of be a little bit more productive. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'd start out productive and then I think gradually become monsters. Yes, that's true. We'd both Um, get really scared. Anna, I am so glad you chose this story. Thank you. I know. I, I remember sort of wanting to like it more than I did as a kid. And I think reading it now, I really appreciate it in a way that I didn't before. Yeah, I, I well, I respect you choosing it also because like, I think it's a hard one to tackle because it can seem so sparse. But uh, I I love knowing that it's folk music background. And I love knowing that Shel Silverstein was involved. That's really amazing. It's really nice. I know because I started I was like, oh, I'll do Slither D. And then I was like, wait, that's a Shel Silverstein story. But then wow. it's both. And I had a absolutely deep love for Light in the Attic, where the sidewalk oh, ends. Me too. All of his stuff. I wanted to be a poet for a little while. And if this is how you're learning about it, I apologize. But Yeah, he, um, Shel Silverstein looks a lot like our friend Max Rubin. <laughs> in that fact, is I'm always true. shocked that Max has never been Shel Silverstein for Halloween. Max, put a ha- put a house on your head. <laughs> hey, the light in the attic. Shel Silverstein has some spooky poems. Wow, Andrew, there's, good. Yeah, point. there's one about a little kid telling scary stories to a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghoul, and he scares yes. them all away. Oh my god, that's really smart. We should yeah. do that. We should do we'll that do for that an herb ledge. Herb ledge. Oh my god, um, good one. Anna, could I read? We're, we've been getting a wealth of user-submitted um, scary stories. Yes, do. Okay. This one subject is, my grad school is haunted. <gasps> oh, Great subject. Hi, Anna and Andrew. When I was a graduate student, I attended a Catholic college in Philadelphia. Catholic colleges are classically well, the scariest ones. Yeah. Nuns taught undergraduate classes and lived on campus in a separate building. Oh, my God. Okay. They were plainclothes nuns. They wore regular clothes like all the other professors. You could tell them apart by the silver pins they wore. Ooh. Oh, a little little bit of a Hunger Games for your nerves. (laughs) One night during class, we had to break up into groups of two to work on an assignment. We were allowed to leave the classroom. Also, night class at Catholic University. Ooh. Ooh. It's asking for ghosts. (laughs) We were allowed to leave the classroom and work in other parts of the building. My friend and I chose a little cubbyhole space on the second floor of our building's rotunda. A very old, very beautiful structure with five floors and open balconies. The picture is below. Oh, the picture is gorgeous. Wow. I'll send it to you, Anna. Um, while we were working on our schoolwork, my friend and I saw a nun walking along the balcony of the top floor. Mm. We were instantly unsettled because unlike the other sisters in the school, she was wearing full habit. Ugh. 
It was also pretty late, and unless you were teaching a class, there was no reason to be walking about. The other unnerving piece was that she was walking silently, gliding, you might say, along the top floor balcony. Mm. There was nothing up there either. I'd explored it during the day once, and it was mostly locked rooms and storage. Tell me you see her, my friend exclaimed. (laughs) She was freaking out. I thought it was really weird too, but thought if we both saw the same thing, then there had to be reasonable explanation. A few months later, I learned from another classmate about the legend of the nun. Back in the day, when the nuns lived in the main building and wore full habits, one committed suicide by jumping (gasps) off the fifth floor rotunda. (gasps) I know without a doubt that she was who we saw that night. There are a lot of sites that confirm this legend as well. I've included some of the top links. Oh, God. And they did. The creepiest part is that I didn't know anything about the legends and rumors until after both my friend and I saw the ghost nun. Hope you're as creeped out as I was. Get out, Alice. 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 That's spooky. Okay, I'm going to, I'm just looking up hauntsandhistory.blogspot.com. Chestnut Hill College. It looks like the house from The Haunting, the 1999 classic film. Oh, no, scary. Yeah, wow. Oh, and then. Wow, there's all there are multiple haunted buildings here. Get out of there. You can't go to school there. There's too many ghosts. Oh, my God. Yeah, so St. Joseph's Hall. On the fifth floor, you can sometimes spot the spook of a young sister in a long robe floating by, taking her suicide leap from the bishop's steps as she did many years ago when she found out she was bearing a priest's child. Oh, this is so sad. That's bad. There were a set of locked doors with a crucifix above them that some say was where the sister put her newborn before her jump. The lore is that if you knock three times on the doors, you'll get three raps back in return. The basement is also haunted, and the fifth floor is supposed to be the realm of a departed art teacher. (laughs) Crowded. Crowded with ghosts. Too many. Oh my god, and we're only tapping the surface. Other sightings have included visions of a young lady, a kindly old man in robes, little girls playing, and a boy with a hair of fire and emerald eyes. Catholics do have the best ghosts. They do. That's crowded. That's too many ghosts. Wow. This is like the five o'clock mass of ghost hauntings. This one's nuts. And yeah, I there are multiple, there are six different haunted buildings in this college. Wow, Alice, thank you so much for this heads up. And thank you, Alice. So sorry glad you, you made saw it a ghost. Out alive. Sorry. Sorry you saw a ghost. I'm sorry that ghosts are real according to you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh wow. You guys are all killing it with the stories you're submitting. We're loving them. You really are. Thank you for doing our job for us. Someone on our Instagram page commented when we mentioned in an episode description about the glowing tombstone that they first read it as glowing trombone and that they were instantly like, oh, my God, I have to listen to this episode. We're so sorry to disappoint you. Please, if anybody has a story about a haunted trombone or anything close to it, please get in touch. You know they're out there. So just share it with us. Bring us uh, your TGS, your trombone ghost stories, <laughs> the girly show, 30 Rock. Leave me alone. I <sighs> look, I'm just so grateful we're all here talking about ghosts. It really helps my brain. Me too. I, it really, it's, it brings me such peace to be able to be scared with about things with you, Anna. Me too. I'm glad that we're, we're continuing sort of normal um, just to give people a break. And um, like we've heard from people who are, Sort of on the front lines, we got a nurse who said thank you, which is just so nice to hear. Thanks to all those people for um, being actual 
um, heroes. Yeah, and let us know what other like shows or reading or spooky podcasts you guys are absorbing to help you get through this. Because um, we love a good recommendation. Please tell us to recommend. <laughs> Anna, you're just the very best. Andrew, you're the king of the, you're the king of God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to get ghosted by that nun. <laughs> It's going to happen. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, And everybody else, get Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.